Shalom Aleichem, dear friends, in the good air of Shabbos. I'm sorry for the late send. Um, we can only do our Hishtadlos, but at the end of the day, when Hashem decides to send us, the Torah is when He sends it. So, we are in Parshas Mitzorah, where we learn about the various, what's called Torah's Adam, the various laws of Tuma and Tahara of man and now we're going to focus in on that of the woman there appears to be a progression in the aspects of Tuma that relate to a woman it begins with Isha Sher Hishkav Ish also when a man will lie with a woman then she will be impure until the evening. A, a small tumor. Next Pasuk talks about the tumor of Anida and elaborates all of those halachas. And then we get a few psukim later, once we're done explaining the halachas of Anida, the Torah goes on to a Zava. A Zava is a woman who has an ongoing, continuous flow, like the Pasuk describes. Ki yazov zov dama yamim rabim when she will bleed for many days, then that's a tuma of zava. And finally, the Torah says veim tahara, and if, which is an interesting caveat, that it says there's an if. If she will stop to bleed. Instead of saying when, and if she will stop to bleed, then she counts what's called Shiva's Nakim, the seven days of cleanliness, and then she can purify herself. And the a question that we could ask is there seems to be some sort of a connection, there's a continuity, there's a development in the parsha. It goes from a tuma of a woman who is been with a man and then to the tumor of a nida finally to the tumor of a zava uh, is, there, is there a progression over here what, is, there, is there a relationship between at least the first two that are literally back to back in the psukim and maybe even the third one, even though it's separated by a few psukim, but those psukim are just describing the tomb of Anida. So it does seem to be a progression. Um, so if we look in the Rabbeinu Bachye, Rabbeinu Bachye says that Bukhlal, the concept of the tumor of a woman, is a very unusual thing. We almost don't find it by any other animals. Um, the, maybe the elephant has uh, such a thing, uh, the, the days of menstruation, um, some rare bat, but uh, animals, by and large, do not have this feature, and it makes a lot of sense. It's quite painful, debilitating, um, messy, and potentially could lead predators and others to find where they are. So... This um, this 
the, the concept of being a uh, of having menstruation is a very unusual thing. So Rabbeinu Bachi says that this is part of the um, punishment, the, the klala that Chava received um, for the hate that she did for, of eating from the Eitz Das Tovara, uh, the hate of Harbe Arbe, that uh, the, the curse that Hashem says to her that uh, increased tremendously, I will increase your, your pain, um, much more so than other animals. And and uh, it's a very unique feature that there's the concept of, I think we discussed in the past, the fact that um, a baby's skull is significantly bigger than the pelvic passage is also a very unique feature. Again, not to be found by other animals. Human beings are the only ones that the woman needs almost to the point that it is, it's a medical intervention. It's a sakonos nefoshis. And there's doctors involved, or certainly at least midwives. Uh, you see, the Torah talks about midwives. It's something that's not just a modern-day thing. It's something that needs to be. Um, and yet, we see that the Pasuk and Paratius says that when Miriam and Yocheved res- respond to Paro, and they say that uh, we can't do the conspiracy that you asked us to do of killing the baby boys because the Jewish women are like chaos, they're like wild animals, that they don't need a midwife, they just give birth uh, effortlessly, which is the case with, with almost all animals, and even the ones that have a little bit, you know, primates had to have a little bit of it, because again, they're kind of like us, but nothing compared to the pain and dangers that are involved in the birth of a, of a child. So, uh, very much consistent with this Rabbeinu Bachi, that this is part of the increase of the pain and difficulties that a woman is going to have uh, with childbirth as a punishment for the hate. And that's, of course, why the Jewish people, the Jewish women, the Nashim Tzidkanius, were described by Yocheved and Miriam as uh, as being chaos, as being like wild animals who can deliver without those those birth pains. That's because, like Hazal say, that Nashim Tzidkanius are are exempt from the from the pitka shalchava, uh, from the from the lot that Chava chose for herself. Um, so that so that tells us that the. Meinida is related to the hate of Chava. So perhaps according to this we can say, like Rashi tells us, that the hate of eating from the Eitz Das Tovarah really began earlier than that. It was an outgrowth of a premature indulgence in physical pleasure that Adam and Chava partook in Rashi says that when the Nachash saw them naked, and means to say specifically in a particular way of uh, indulging in physical pleasures with one another, um, that's what aroused in him the desire, and that's why he went and seduced Chava uh, to eat. So, so to a certain extent, the eating from the Eidas Tovara, which is what 
ultimately results in the in the blood of Nida, in the in the, in the menstrual blood, um, and the impurity that comes with it, uh, that really begins with the promiscuous behavior that Adam and Chava partook in. So according to that, it would be very appropriate, the flow in our psukim. The first Pasuk is, in, in, again, in Perak Tesvav, Pasuk Yud Ches, that uh, when a man lies with a woman, then uh, they become impure, just for that one day, it's a small impurity. But because you know, technically that could be a very, it could be a holy act, it could be a good act. But you, you should know this is already something you're getting into dangerous territories to the point that it could lead, which is the next pasuk, to dmei uh, nida, to blood of nida, where a woman becomes tamei for seven days, like the pasuk says. But uh, in this state, she's still in a situation where fundamentally she's tahor. Fundamentally, uh, if she just stops bleeding, then after the seven days are up, uh, I mean, let's say she bleeds for five of those seven days, or however many days it is, for that whole week, she's in Nida, and then afterwards she's tahor. Uh, she bleeds for, for six days, then still, after seven days are up, uh, she's, she's tahor. But... What happens if it goes to the next stage? So we've gone through two stages so far, where first there's an act which potentially can lead to an incorrect way of life, meaning the act of yishk of ish, where the relationship between the woman and the man, that's an act that potentially could be negative. So that just gives one day of tumor. Now, if it ultimately ends up bringing her to be a nida, it means that there was enough indulgence, let's say, that she ended up being a nida, then that's for a week. But if it becomes her reality, if, if it happens so much, if she bleeds for many days, then, on the contrary, it becomes that this is her new reality, so to speak. So much so that, like we pointed out, that when we talk about her becoming pure, it doesn't say, and when she'll be purified. It says, the im tahar. And if she'll be purified from that blood, then, it's not that she just be purified from the blood in the next day, and go on toivel, and the next day you're fine. Now she has to count seven days of tahara before uh, she can toivel. So that's maybe a three-step progression of being involved in things that potentially can be uh, distracting uh, from Avodos Hashem and uh, draw a person into overindulgence in the physical world, then to where that is the case, but only on a temporary basis, only for one week, ultimately to where this is a person's reality. And on the contrary, to get, pull out of that reality, one needs to not only st- detach, but even have a week of Shavanakim. Uh, of Yimei Tahara. So that is, um, those are uh, three stages in the progression. Now, there's an unbelievable Gemara, uh, I mean, the Gemara tells us about an unbelievable Minhag 
that the Bonos Yisrael took on. If you ever you know, think, what's the biggest humor the Klaus will do? So some people will say, well, probably on Pesach, you know, uh, Gibrox, or, or, uh, or the, the matzah crackers that we eat, or washing the walls uh, in one's kitchen. Uh, others will say it's Bechil Shabbos, where it looks like there's Gzera, Lgzera, sometimes uh, very, very far removed possible uh, things that could maybe, maybe lead to something. Uh, maybe one could say uh, some other Chumras. Uh, here is, without a doubt, the biggest Chumrah that the Jewish people took on, I would say, in my humble opinion. And that is, says the Gemara in Nidadaf, Samach Vavamud Aleph, the Bnos Yisrael, Hichmiru al Atzman, the Jewish women themselves voluntarily chose to be stringent upon themselves, Shafilu Raos, Tipas Dam, Kehardal, even by seeing just a blood stain as small as a Gar, uh, as a uh, mustard seed, which is tiny, Yoshua Saleha Shevanikim. So they treat themselves as Zavas, means to say not not only does this make them into a Nida, but the Zava, which is only the result of bleeding for many days, the Jewish women took upon themselves that even seeing one little tiny drop of blood, they'll treat themselves as Zavas, and they will not only wait for the bleeding to stop, and for the end of that week, of, of the seven days of being a Nida, but then they'll count another Shevan Akim, seven more days of treating themselves as not being able to go to the Mikvah before, uh, before, under, before considering themselves pure. And this is a minhag that the entire Jewish people took upon themselves, and it was the women that initiated this unbelievable uh, stringency that the Jewish women did. And uh, the obvious question is, um, can we understand this a little bit more? Can we understand what is it that compelled them? Now, we know the technical reason that, uh, listen, the laws of Nida are a little bit complicated. Sometimes it could be not clear if... A woman has had has seen enough bleeding episodes to where maybe she should be considered a zava and she wouldn't understand. She's not knowledgeable enough. So just to make it uh, very clear, there should be no mistakes. All women treat themselves as zavas. That's the that's the technical answer. But we can all appreciate what a tremendous humra that is. Um, if if uh, if that's you know if that's the only reason there, um, and I think we're going to see now hopefully in the midrash that we're about to learn that although Chazal revealed to us uh, a often we 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 see this right Chazal revealed to you uh, a tefach but they're machasat fachaim they they reveal one part but they conceal the rest of the, of it. Uh, the, there's the halachic reality and there's the hashkafic beauty that lies beyond it. So let's try to take a little bit of a deeper look and see if we can find some of the beautiful reasons why the Jewish, Jewish women took this upon themselves. So later on in the Parsha, we have 
the Sfiras HaOmer. And this is in Parshas Emor. We'll be there in a couple of weeks. So, Sefartim Lachem Mimachras HaShabbos. We've spoken about this before. This extremely strange language that seems to indicate that we are counting Mimachras HaShabbos the day after the Shabbos is when we begin to count. Uh, and, of course, the Baitusim took it literally. The the predecessors of the Karaites uh, took it literally. They begin counting the day after Shabbos. And the Gemorrah in Menachos takes them to town and shows how tremendously... Uh, Incorrect they were, proof after proof after proof from, from different psukim, from different svaras, from diukim, from, from, from drushes, uh, that this is not the case, that it means that the word Shabbos here is speaking about the first day Yom Tov of Pesach. So on that Pasuk says the Zohar HaKadosh that Rabbi Abba and Rabbi Chia were walking. And Rabbi Chia asked Rabbi Abba, what is this pastor talking about? The Sefartim Lachami Machers Shabbos. So Rabbi Abba responded to him, Well, our friends have already established what it's talking about. But come and I'll show you, come and look and I'll show you a beautiful thing in this. So. It seems that Rabbi Chia's question was, why in the world, what is this Pasuk referring to? Mimachras HaShabbos seems to be talking about Shabbos. We would assume, like the Baitusim did, that it's talking about my um, celebrations. Now, Rabbi Chia obviously knew that those discussions that had taken place, but seemingly he's bothered, like all the Mepharshim are, so why does the Pasuk use this strange language of Mimachras HaShabbos? So, Rabbi Abba responds to him that, as, as we all know, there is already the Chachamim darshaned and established that this passage is talking about the Yom Tov Rishon Shal Pesach. But, of course, you know there as well. And the real question that you're asking me, and that everyone is asking, is why does the passage use this language of the Machras HaShabbos? She says, come and I'll show you a wondrous thing. Which is that when the Jewish people were in Mitzrayim, we were Tomei, like we know, we served Avodah Zorah, we were seeped in Taiva. Uh, the Jewish people afterwards yearn for the Dogosh Achalno Mitzrayim, the fish that we ate in Egypt. Uh, we know the Midrash says that Halolo of the Avodah Zorah, Halolo of the Avodah the Jewish people were. were seeped in the 49th level of Tuma. And then, when we did the bris mila, on the, in order to eat the Karim Pesach, we get the commandment to make the Karim Pesach and to, and, and to make the bris mila. So with that bris mila, uh, we purified ourselves and says, says Rabbi Abba that this is analogous to a zava, a woman who is impure, is bleeding, and then the bleeding stops. Now, obviously, when we hear the brismila, 
what it, what is it about the bris milah that helped to pull us out from that tremendous tumor that we were involved in? So the Rambam and Mornavuchim says very famously that the bris milah helps to pull a person out of the clutches of taiva. Taiva is something that is one of the fundamental forces of Yitzhahara and referred to as Tuma. And as we discussed earlier, specifically, there's that three-step progression of Tuma going from just uh, one act of indulgence, which causes a one-day's Tuma, to some sort of a prolonged, more prolonged state of indulgence, which causes a week's worth of Nida, to an even longer state of indulgence, which causes a permanent state of Zava, unless reversed, if she becomes pure, and then she spends a week uh, of, of, of Shiva's Nakim. So, the parallel is that for Klausrel, we were in that state of being a Zava, of being in a permanent state of Tuma. And through the Bris Mila, we managed to extricate ourselves from those taivas that we had been involved in. And of course, the carbon Pesach was to extricate ourselves from the Avodah like all the Mephoshim say. And then we are commanded by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim of Usupartam Lachem. And then you know, the day after that, you should begin counting for yourselves the the, the the days. Just like in our, in our Parsha, the Zava, who is purified from her uh, blood flow, is is told Vesafra La Shivas Yamim. So she counts, and that's what we did. We as the Jewish people are commanded to count as well after Pesach. which symbolizes that we are not going to simply be passive and sit there and let Hashem take us out. And, okay, so, uh, great, now we're no longer in that. No, now we have to ourselves begin to count. Now the responsibility shifts over onto us. So to the woman, she has been given another chance, the Zava. The blood has stopped. Now she must begin to count. Now she must do something to um, continue that tahara. So she counts, and so too we count. This is this is now um, what would be called maim nukvin, the fem- feminine waters, the the arousal from below, where now we begin to strive and to yearn to reconnect to Hashem. Then the Midrash continues to say the Duke of just like with the Nida, that she is told the Safra she counts for herself. So to we are told, Usapartam Lachem means it is not just count 50 days in abstract, it's count for yourself. Just like she is looking at herself, she's doing a Badika every day, she's examining herself every day, and she's Yes, today was another good day for me. Yes, today I managed to keep my purity. She's counting on regarding herself. She's counting on herself means she's counting regarding herself. So to we, when we count, not just counting 
uh, you know, how, how many days has been? It's been 19 days uh, of the Omer. If we're counting that uh, we have been for 19 days pure from our from our tithes and from and from all from the Avodah and we've been growing, we've been coming closer to Kodesh Baruch Hu. So that that means counting for yourselves. Now, and then what happens as a result of this? As a result of this, she becomes pure and is able to immerse and go with her husband and have a child. And so too, Klausrel, after, after the Sfiras Omer are able to purify themselves and, that's, and, and, and come under the Chuppah, which is Shavuos, and come away with a child, which is the Torah. The Torah is the Vlad, that's the baby, that's the result of the relationship between the Kodesh Borch and Klaus. It's an unbelievable idea. We tend to think of the Torah as something that Hashem unilaterally did, unilaterally gave. But it's not true. It's the Torah is the combination of what Hashem gave us and what we received. Uh, it, it, both as far as the Sefer Dvorim, for example, the, the, the whole Sefer Dvorim is Elu Dvorim Asher Dibur Moshe, as well as, of course, the Torah Baal Peh, which is all the coming Mitzad Klausrel, what what we, you know, the Yud Gimel Shetor Nedreshes Bahem, etc. And then the truth is that even, even the Torah Shebek Sav Mamash, the stories about Avram Avinu and, and, and and uh, the Imohos and, uh, and everything, those are all Mitzat Klausrel. Uh, so just like with the Vlad, the Pneumius of the Vlad, the internality of the Vlad, the, the so to speak, the Neshama is brought down by the Av, but the Basar, the flesh, the outer trappings that's made by the Aim, so too with the Torah. Hashem gave us the Torah, and the Torah came out through us. And that's the flesh of the Torah that Klausrel made. So, according to this, it comes out that the Jewish women chose that every Jewish child should come into the world as a result of such an unbelievable process, of a process of, just like Klausel, in preparation for Harsinai, count, we first became purified from the Tuma then counted for ourselves and yearned and grew and prepared until finally we're able to receive the Torah, so too Bnos Yisroel chose for themselves that every Jewish child should come into the world like this as a result of not only Tahara, but Shiva's Yemei Nekim, of that chuka, the yearning, the counting, the checking oneself, the Bidikas, self-examination so that every Jewish person should be like a safer Torah coming into the world and of course right now we're in the Yimei Sphira. we are as a nation preparing in that very process checking ourselves being bold ourselves counting for ourselves growing, yearning to connect to the Bore Olam and to bring in a whole new Torah into the world, Bezaz Hashem. Every Shabbos.